This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. This is Neil Schaefer, author of Maximize Your Social. And although I'm a slow talker now, when you listen to me on the Marketing Book Podcast, I talk faster than you can imagine. Because I'm excited to be on the show and you should be listening to the show every week. And because I'm so excited, I'm going to give you a special introduction in Japanese for my Japanese friends that I know will be listening to this podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast, where each week I publish an interview with the author of a new marketing or sales book, and which has been named by Forbes and LinkedIn, amongst others, as one of the top marketing podcasts. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything linkable in this episode's website page at marketingbookpodcast.com. And since I get to read every book featured on the show, if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or any other resource I know of for whatever challenge you're facing, send me a LinkedIn connection in with a message that you're a listener, and I will do my best to get you pointed in the right direction. My name again is Douglas Burdett. All right, let's get on with the show. Today, we're joined by Neil Schaefer. We're going to talk about his book, Maximize Your Social, a one-stop guide to building a social media strategy for marketing and business success. Neil Schaefer is a trilingual social media strategy consultant, coach, and speaker. After nearly two decades of working in B2B sales, business development, and marketing, helping companies successfully establish sales organizations from scratch in competitive Asian markets, Neil is currently the president of Windmills Marketing, where he consults with, coaches, and trains clients on strategically leveraging social media for their business. His clients range from small startups and solopreneurs to Fortune 500 companies. A Forbes Top 50 Social Media Power Influencer two years in a row, a Forbes Top 5 Social Sales Influencer, and creator of the leading social media for business blog, Maximize Social Business, Neil is a global social media speaker who has spoken at over 200 events across three continents since 2009. Neil regularly presents on social media in Japan, speaking in Japanese, however, for the benefit of the listener today, we will be speaking in English. He also teaches as part of the Rutgers University Business School mini social media MBA program. And along with Maximize Your Social, Neil has published two books on LinkedIn. This year, Neil has launched two new ventures, the Social Media Center of Excellence to build and educate a community surrounding best practices and using social media for business, and the Social Tools Summit a social media conference, which I believe was a week or two ago. Neil, congratulations on Maximize Your Social, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you very much, Doug. Or as they say in Japan, yokoso. Yokoso. Dozo. Arigato gozaimasu. Okay, all I know how to say is yokoso and hi. So if, <laughs> if we want to do this in, in, in Japanese, that's pretty much all I'm going to be able to say. And, and actually, maybe, you know, maybe even better that way. 
But Neil, let me just mention one thing. You're a world-renowned social media expert. You teach at Rutgers. Your name is Schaefer. There's another guy with all three of those <laughs> characteristics. You know that, right? Yeah. Mark Schaefer, author of The Content Code and many other books. Who He's been on the podcast here. But you spell it your last name differently, so I assume you guys aren't closely related. Is that correct? Well, he spells it wrong. I mean, let's just... Let's just get it out. Oh, open. oh, so. marketing book podcast throwdown here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. Uh, Mark he has, a, he has an E. He has an extra E, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's like a hundred different ways of spelling Schaefer. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's a good guy. We've, uh, wow, I, we engaged in social back in like 2009 before he was who he is today. So he's, you know, he's written some great thought leading books. Mm-hmm. He, he's been teaching at Rutgers, I don't know, four or five years. I've been there about two years now. But uh, yeah, great guy. And we sort of joke that we're cousins uh-huh. on social media. But yeah, no, no blood relations. Now, have you ever seen him at Rutgers? You know, we did uh, see each other at Rutgers once uh, where we finally got to meet each other. And since then, we've, you know, we've seen each other at a few different social media conferences. But yes, I saw him there. It was a pick, away. I'm not, I'm from California. I don't know how to pronounce New Jersey city names, but uh-huh. uh, I think it was Pixotaway where the Rutgers Business School is where we met. Yeah. Well, I mean, you speak Japanese, but I mean, you could add a fourth language, you know, New Jersey, I guess. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that Mark Schaefer actually wears a cap and gown when he's lecturing the university students. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not going to comment on that, so I'm just going to let people Yeah. Yeah, because it could get yeah. ugly on the campus there. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's start. There's one thing you said at the very beginning of the book I wanted to mention that we'll follow up with a couple of questions here. You said a recent industry report surveyed more than 3,000 marketers, and they indicated that 83% of them wanted help in creating a social media strategy, and that, that that's the primary focus of your book. Why is there a need for a social media strategy? I know that sounds like a crazy question, but I see a lot of companies that, that don't have that question answered and aren't doing it. Yeah, you know, social media can be a complete time suck. And anything you do in business, you have to align your activities with your business. And therefore, you know, the value of a Facebook like or a Twitter follow is very questionable if you don't have the strategy that sort of aligns what you're doing in social with what you want to achieve, whether it's increase sales, retain customers, you know, develop new leads, whatever it might be. So without that, you know, it's funny, you have companies and I, I, it's, it's less of a problem now than it was when I wrote the book, but obviously I think it's still a problem for majority of businesses. They never had a plan, so they do social media, but they don't know what to check or how to check and therefore they never understand the exact ROI of doing what they're doing and they're always sort of questioning, you know, what is the ROI as well as, well, what can we be doing better? How can we improve? And therefore, when you start with a strategy, a plan, and you begin to do things according to plan, and you measure according to your plan's objectives, it really unlocks the keys of the kingdom where you understand the value of what you're doing and what it brings to your business, and you're able to optimize it over time and get better and better at it. And you know, with uh, traditional marketing, I won't say it's not dynamic, but it's you know, you put up a website, and yeah, you want to you want to tweak for conversions and and what have you over time. But it's it's more static than a social media presence, which can literally, you know, if you're still on MySpace, you've obviously lost the boat. So it it changes very rapidly. 
Uh, even I think over the last year, we've seen the growth of Instagram mm -hmm. hitting over 400 million users, which we can now say is the second biggest social network. And you know, up until a few years ago, we would have said it was Twitter. So things change, and the way we use these social networks change, and the people using them. And Facebook is an old person's network now, right? Hey, hey, so, hey, hey, watch it. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm uh, just kidding. I'm with, I'm with you on that. Side. I'm, I'm a Gen Wait. Xer. I'm going to brand myself Gen Xer. Okay. Because you know, all these people brand themselves millennials. So, <laughs> right. Uh, just the proof, you know, what, what I think is... I'm a boomer, okay, technically. Yeah, I question, the I question the value of branding yourself a generation, but anyway. Yeah. But, but needless to say, you know, it's, it's a dynamic, ever-changing landscape, and if you don't have a plan in place and the metrics to measure and you're not optimizing, you're just spinning a lot of cycles, and I'm afraid you're, you know, you're wasting a lot of time and money. Yeah, I'm I'm a little troubled. I'm not supposed to be on MySpace. I'm going to have to cross that off the list. I, you see, this on, is why I read these books. <laughs> right, thank you, Neil. You know, uh, Neil, I have had the good fortune to read a lot of social media books. And this one was the most strategic one that I've read so far. I mean, it just well, warmed the cockles of my MBA heart. <laughs> warmed the cockles, okay. Yes, yes. We're, we're getting, you know, we're getting close here. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're talking about cockles. So in the beginning of the book, though, you, you talk about stepping back and looking at like three main themes when you're talking about social media, which I thought just tied in beautifully with the idea of you know strategy and what's, what's going on at a much larger sense. And I'd like to talk about some of those if we could. Can you explain what you mean by the convergence of information and communication? Yeah, so I think really the, the best way to think of social media, especially for businesses that are either trying to convince executives of you know why they need to invest more budget in doing what they're doing mm -hmm. or just companies that are looking to better understand especially the emergence of content marketing and its relationship to social media is and and really how businesses can play a part in social media because you know if you take a step back right social media was made for people not for businesses so, yes and and that was a big part of the book Let's step back for a second and explain what you mean by that. Very important. Yeah. So, you know, Facebook, get back in touch with, with your high school friends. Uh, LinkedIn, get back in touch with your college friends, your colleagues. Uh, MySpace often dealt with people that had similar musical interests, right? Snapchat, you know, for friends that don't want uh, to leave anything on servers that could incriminate them later in life. Although we do know that, you know, we've had hackers go into Snapchat and find photos that should have been deleted, but I, I digress. Mm -hmm. um, uh -oh. You know, Instagram for right now, Instagram is more like for junior high school and high school students to keep in touch with each other without having to create a Facebook profile, which could get them into trouble. Right. So all of these and Twitter, you know, developed by a bunch of podcasters that just wanted to keep in touch with each other in the Bay Area when they were on their phone and out, and out on the road. So really, all of these social networks were made for people. Now, the internet, you know, is, is a is an infrastructure that tied together servers. It tied together, you know, whether it's email or web, what have you. We, you know, the internet is an infrastructure that was made for anything and everything. Mm -hmm. But social media clearly distinct in that. It, it, it was definitely made for people. People have user profiles. And remember, Facebook never had business pages. Facebook had fan pages. And they were only because if there was like a fan, you know, a celebrity or someone, you would just organically talk about that celebrity and post photos and videos and what have you. That's how it, it all started very organically, but it started with the college profiles right. of, of, of college students, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the same with LinkedIn. So what's happened though is that more and more we are posting information. So 
social media is part communication, part information. And it all started out being 100% communication. Hey, how's it going? What have you? But slowly, we're starting to share information in social media. And, and I think it's really been accelerated over the last 12 months where maybe we share the news. Maybe we're in a LinkedIn group and we share a perspective. Maybe we share a link on Twitter. Maybe on Facebook, we're just sharing a, hey, did you know there's a new California pizza, pizza kitchen that just opened up down the road? Whatever it might be, now we are sharing more information on social networks. Mm -hmm. And the more information we share, the more we go back to these social networks to look for information. Uh, Yelp is a great, you know, if we consider Yelp part of social media, which I believe it is, mm -hmm. when you're looking for a restaurant to go to, you can Google it or you can go straight to Yelp and do a search there. If you're looking for the news, you can Google it or you can go straight to Twitter and find information there. If you're looking for the latest in social CRM technology, you can Google it or you can go to your trusted LinkedIn group where you know there's probably already a discussion that's taken place that you can leverage. Mm -hmm. So what's happened is that we have hijacked these networks and now they're more and more a source of information where it, it becomes one of our go-to places for information. So really when I talk about this convergence of information and communication, this is what social media has become. It's a place where we both go to communicate as well as consume information. And this is how businesses, I mean, businesses need to become people. And how do you communicate if you're a business? Hey, how's it going? How was your weekend? I know businesses try to do that like with their Facebook pages, but it's a little bit hard. What's easy to do is to be resourceful with information. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a B2B company, I think it's, it's a lot more uh, easy to understand what type of information that you can provide that would, that would help people. Um, but even for consumer facing brands, there's a lot of information that you can share. And sometimes that information is just, you know, pictures of what your fans posted that might make someone's day. It, it can be a lot of different things. But if you think about it that way, that's really where when companies create a social media strategy and understanding of that, they realize or they should realize that, you know, number one, you need to be human because it was social media was made for people. Two, communication is still an important part. So you need to communicate like a human, not like a robot or like you're trying to sell something all the time. And number three, the need for information. And this is where I think businesses, and, and this is really where content marketing comes in, is that content then becomes that information. Now, there's always a, a misunderstanding. Content marketing and social media marketing are two completely different things, but obviously there's a big overlap. And once you understand that, you begin to see how you know social media can really help one's content marketing and, and vice versa. So that's sort of the lay of the land in terms mm -hmm. of you know, just a general understanding of that concept and, and, you know, how much you can put it into practice and really fundamentally sort of re-engineer the way you've, you've thought about social media. When you think about it that way, it becomes, I believe, a lot easier to sort of understand the changes. And especially if you're relatively new to social media or to a strategic approach, that should give you a few, you know, th that should give you insight. And, and therefore, when you start seeing, you know, TV ads on Snapchat, it's exactly the same thing. When we, I mean, Instagram has almost become with these 30 second or 12 second videos, uh, ads that we sometimes see now, it's almost become like TV ads. It's become this, this place for information. So that's really, you know, the, 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 the filter that I want you all to look at social media through and where you figure out the value that your company can provide in the whole landscape of things. And it will mm -hmm. continue to change. But that convergence is, I think is only going to accelerate to the point where I see some social media users just post information. They're not even communicating anymore. Maybe they're doing that in private message. And, and now we're seeing a new evolution. And I talked about a little bit in the book, private messaging apps becoming really popular. So you have Facebook Messenger, you have WhatsApp. In Japan, we have something called Line. In China, we have WeChat. And these apps are now taking the communication out of social media 
in saying we just want to have private mobile only places where we can just communicate effectively with our friends without having to deal with everything else we see on a Facebook or a Twitter or LinkedIn. And, and now you're seeing sort of a, you know, you're seeing the growth of these platforms, a huge growth actually, uh, where they're now bigger than a lot of social networks, or I should say most social networks, because now we have too much information in social networks and people want to bring the communication back to it and they've had to actually create new apps in order to do so. So mm-hmm. once you see that, you sort of see where future trends go and, and what have you. But Hopefully that gives you a little bit more background. Yeah. It also gives you an update because, you know, in all honesty, maximize your social. While I tried to create it as, as evergreen as possible in a book, it was written back in 2013, right? So obviously there have been changes, but that concept I think hasn't changed at all. Yeah. And I would say, mm, boy, just with a couple of, a uh, couple little things that have gone on in Google Plus, it's still pretty darn evergreen. You know, what, two of the other things you mentioned is, a, is the sort of the macro here is you talk about social media's permeation of industry and corporate discipline. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so you know, social media is as relevant for B2B as it is for B2C because everyone's using social media, right? And you know, B2C, you obviously sell to people. A B2B, you sell to people that are working, you know, people sell to other people working inside companies. So mm-hmm. it's it really has permeated every industry. I remember, you know, way back in I, I forgot. And every it department, a- it seems like too. Yeah, so let me let me start with the industry and then I'll get to the department. So it was really interesting. I think it was back in 2012 when I was presenting and I challenged the audience to tell me one industry where social media was not needed. Oh, and, and she, re- public utilities or something? Exactly. Okay, right. I think I brought that up in the book, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, a great example. And then that same public utility ended up having a crisis and they had to go to social <laughs> media. And now they're a huge user of social media. So really, no matter what industry your business is in, there's a need. And even if you're not trying to sell because you're a monopoly, there's a need to service. There's a need to keep a positive reputation in the marketplace, what have you. And respond, so yeah. So, so that's where the, we go, we talk about the industry. Now, the department is really interesting because social media really started as this outward-facing movement, right? Uh, let's promote our product to all the masses using social media. Great marketing opportunity. So you have PR and marketing and corporate communications became the first corporate users of social media. But then, you know, people in HR and recruiters start saying, wow, we can use the same social media to find new employees. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, now social media, because it's a two-way conversation, you know, companies are posting things and then people are posting back saying, hey, I had a really bad experience or hey, I have a question about this or, you know, questions about when you open tomorrow, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have now companies that have had to open social media for customer service channels, primarily on Twitter, but we're seeing more on Facebook as well um, because it is a two-way conversation and because the more people use it and, you know, the first time you respond on Twitter to someone, that person is always going to go back to Twitter for a response in the future. And, and if you do that, you find out you get a lot quicker response than you do on the phone in most cases. So, mm-hmm. so and it's not just there, too. We see R&D departments that are tapping into big social data, looking for insight as to what new products they can develop. We see sales teams with social selling, right? Um, legal teams have to be on top of social media because of all the social media policies, social media guidelines, what have you. So really, every department now has a role or, or there is a way in which they can be utilizing social media. And obviously, the bigger the company, the easier it becomes. Smaller businesses are still challenged. But really, in, in that way, social media is, is permeating corporate organizations. And that's where you start to talk about social business, where social becomes an essential part of doing business because every department is using it. So instead of having marketing being in charge of social, you know, I recommend in my book of really bringing every department head to the table and figuring out who all the various stakeholders in, in your organization are because more and more 
it, it's a multiple touch points in your organization that are using social and really creating a, a corporate social business strategy that ties all that together and allows organizations to work off each other and share best practices and figure out, you know, on your Facebook page, even though marketing may be managing it, hey, let's build a careers tab so that, you know, we can showcase all the different jobs that we have opened or the same with a LinkedIn company page, your showcase page. So that's where we begin to see social media in very, very different light as being a, a you know, a corporate function, much like the internet and how various departments can utilize that or a website as well. So that's really where businesses are going with social. And I think, you know, if you look at the HPs and the Intels and, and the Adobe's and, you know, those high tech companies out of Silicon Valley, they're sort of at the forefront mm-hmm. of having a social business strategy of having, you know, any and every department possible utilizing social, uh, having a comprehensive social business strategy and having a social media center of excellence where these best practices are shared throughout the organization. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I can remember in the 90s, like not everybody at work had the internet and then my boss got it and then my boss got email and we didn't have email. Now everybody has it. And, you know, maybe a hundred years ago there was a telephone operator and now everybody has a telephone on their desk. So, you know, it, it just starts to to permeate the organization, but also I, I, I would gather that a lot of these organizations are saying, well, actually it's easier. It's saving us time and they might even be saving money in terms of you know, like having to staff a big call center when the people can just respond on social media. Yeah. It's a one to many, right? So it's funny because, at the Social Tools Summit. So the second Social Tools Summit was last week in San Francisco. And one of the 10 sessions we have was Social Media for Customer Service. And a few years ago, sort of the mantra in social customer service was, if there's a problem, let's take it offline. Now the mantra is, if there's a problem, let's solve it online for one person so that other people can actually see the conversation and know that this is how their problem can be solved mm-hmm. as well. Or even get your community to answer it <laughs> before you do. Which, which Exactly, which happens a lot as well. So... Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of, you know, w- when you're talking to your CEO about social, it's either how does it help me increase revenue or decrease expenses? And that decrease expenses side is the interesting side. I've been doing a lot of work on both consulting as well as speaking on sort of social media operations. Now you have all these people that are engaging in social and social requires a lot of time and that can be very expensive for companies. How do we sort of improve our processes? How do we automate things? How do we utilize tools in an intelligent way so that we can increase our profitability in doing that? But yes, there are areas where if you shift your budget from pay-per-click to, you know, uh, social ads, for instance, or, or whatever it might be, there are areas in which I do believe social media can help you decrease expenses. And it's something that should be talked about more. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier you mentioned content marketing, and I just wanted to zero in on one cha- one of the many chapters. It's on blogging. And you talk about how it's an essential part of every social media strategy and that your social media content strategy should align heavily with your blog strategy. Why is blogging such an important part of a social media strategy? So here's the thing about social media. We all want to have our Facebook pages and Twitter handles, and we all want to have this it's a borrowed presence on these social networks, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I might be aging myself here, but a few years ago, Facebook, if you wanted to create an app, you had to use something called FBML, which is Facebook Markup Language. So companies spent, you know, they had to spend money to create whatever campaign or whatever app they wanted to create. They had to create it in this proprietary Facebook language, which a few years ago, then they said, you know what? We're just going to get rid of Facebook markup language. You can just do it in iframe. And, and excuse me for getting technical here. But it's an example of how, at the end of the day, the social networks own the IP. You don't own the IP. You're on borrowed land. Mm-hmm. So in order for you to best represent your brand, your story, your products, 
at the end of the day, you need to bring people back to your website. Now, there's obviously, you know, social media can be the icebreaker and you can take those conversations offline and, you know, close deals in that way. But at the end of the day, there's probably a need to take people back to your website where you can best represent your company. Now, how are you going to get people back to your website? You have an interesting conversation on Twitter. They may click on your profile link if they think you're interesting, but really a, a more easier way of doing it. And when we think about that convergence of communication and information, you providing information, well, the information you're providing, there's only so much you can say in 140 characters. So inevitably what happens is companies, especially on Twitter, are sharing a lot of links, which mm -hmm. lead people back to other websites. Now, in content marketing or in social media marketing, I should say, there's a need for curated content, which may not represent your company's content. But obviously, you want to use social media to bring people back to your website. And the best way to do this, you know, in content marketing, you have other things outside of blogs. You have white papers. So you might have a lot of different landing pages. But at the end of the day, the blog really should be the content where you're posting regularly. So you always have fresh content that you're seeding social media with that will bring people back to your website because they find the content interesting. They're not saying they find your product interesting. But because you're providing resourceful information, this is how you're indirectly leading people into understanding more about your company and the unique perspective your company has. So this is how the blog serves that tactical need to get people back to your website and, and, and therefore should become you know, the, the, the central focus of, of your content vis-a-vis -vis social. Because from every blog post, then you go into repurposing, which I didn't talk about maximize your social, but there's a lot of content marketing books that'll talk about that of you know taking a blog post, creating ten different tweets about it, uh, creating an infographic about it, and, and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. So that it really be can become the center. But the other important thing about a blog is, you know, standard websites have this standard web copy, which is third person, it's very cold, it's not human. So a blog gives your company a social voice because you're not selling your products in a blog, you're providing something of resource that when people see the headline on Twitter, they're going to click through, or if they see it on, you know, on the Facebook newsfeed. So you're competing with human stories. You're competing with birth announcements, with <laughs> presidential debates, with the Royals winning the World Series. And let's and not forget cat videos. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And, and, you know, and my Lakers losing every game so far this Ooh. season. But anyway, yeah, that hurts. But anyway, so you're competing with, so you need to be providing information and you need to do it in what I call a social voice, right? Mm -hmm. So a blogging is really the first way I believe companies can help craft their own social media branded voice, a social voice, which I think is going to help them tremendously in their communication on social media because the communication is not oral. It's all over text, right? Yeah. So you need to have a certain tone, a certain way of communicating. And the more you do that and the more your blog aligns with that social sphere, I think the more successful your blog is going to be, the more successful it's going to be in attracting the outside world. And then when we look at, well, up until now, our blog was designed by our SEO people. You know, all the all that data that you used for, for SEO and all the keywords used for pay-per-click, bring that into your blogging strategy. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's, you know, that's a best practice. But when you blog, you're not creating an SEO article. You're creating an actual, an actual human article with actual resourceful information, which is still optimized for strategic keywords. And, it, and it has all kinds of benefits for SEO. Exactly. It, it really is a no-brainer. And even, you know, once again, for B2B brands, they pick it up a lot quicker. But even consumer-facing brands, there's a, a tremendous amount of information. We've seen, you know, companies like on Pinterest that share recipes um, that, you know, ends up driving tremendous uh, traffic back to websites. Or, you know, this is how you should do your makeup or this is how you should do your hair. 
um, driving you know hundreds of thousands of, of hits from Pinterest, yeah. you know, from from an image of that. So so we know that the more you provide that resourceful information, coming back to that convergence of information and communication, it, it's only going to benefit your company. And a blog, you know, it, is really a, a prime way of doing that. And you know, images should be part of your blog post as well. Yeah, so, let's let's talk so about there, that there, because you talk about. Excuse me for interrupting, but you talk about the growing importance of visuals in social media. And I was wondering if you could explain the, this concept of narrative collapse and and how that's how that's related to the growth and success of visuals in social media. Thanks for bringing that up, Doug. You know, you mentioned that the book is mainly evergreen. The Google Plus, you're right. If there was one chapter that I would have written a little bit less on, although I still bring up Google Plus in all my presentations, and I think it's important that you at least – uh, what I like to say, verify your digital identity with Google. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an infrastructure part of Google Plus I think every business should do. How often you are active on Google Plus really will depend on your industry and your audience. But if there was a chapter on the flip side that I would have spent more time on, it would have been the visual. Now that is a chapter, Maximize Your Social. Uh, you, when you introduced me, you mentioned that I had a leading blog called Maximize Social Business. So when I created Maximize Your Social, I brought in people that I thought were subject matter experts into you know contributing to various chapters. So Google Plus Mark Traphagen, um, still considered one of the authorities on, on Google Plus and Google authorship and, and many things SEO. Mm-hmm. That chapter on visual contributed a great deal from a guy named Bob Geller. Bob Geller uh, is uh, you know one of the leading content marketing experts out there. He works for Fusion PR in New York City. And you know the narrative collapses there's a lot of stats out there. So, you know, we process visual information 90 times faster than text. A lot of this information that shows that a picture says a lot more than text and is processed a lot faster and becomes the magnet for our eyes in social media. And the social networks themselves understand this. And I mean, look, where has been the growth in social media? You think of Instagram, you think of Snapchat, Pinterest. you think of Pinterest. Yeah. It's all images. And when you look at news feeds, how is Facebook trying to grow? Well, they're trying to compete with YouTube with Facebook video, right? And Animated Twitter seems yes. to be a lot more visual in the they're last all, few months. They're, they're all visual, and that's what it <laughs> is. So instead of traditionally using text to attract the human eye and attract attention, now you need to do that through visual. And you need to uh, – and I, I take a different look at it than Bob does, but at the end of the day, what I like to say is I, I talked about that social voice that you needed because most branding guidelines do not have a voice for social, right? What's the tone going to be? Is it – is it a male voice? Is it a female voice? Is it one voice? Is it two voices, right? It raises all these fundamental questions. Well, visual voice raises even more questions. What is, how are you going to visually represent your, your company, your branding, your content in social media? Is it going to be a cat? Is it going to be a dog? Is it not going to be an animal? Is it going to be something more serious? And it's really interesting. A, a consulting gig I did recently for a leading uh, retail company, they were trying to compare themselves with you know, Target, and Nordstrom's and Sephora and these leading consumer retail brands. And, and I did a visual voice audit and a comparative analysis. And it's really interesting that Nordstrom is a company where you'll never see a face in their images. And every image has a natural background, whether it's brick or wood or you know trees or grass or whatever it is. When you look at their visuals, they all have this commonality. When you look at Target's visuals, They're always very sparse in the products, but they have this color scheme that is so much target that when we see that color scheme, we know it's target. But they also have this witty play on things where they will put things that you can buy at target 
in weird combinations that are very unnatural, but that are very funny and witty, right? So companies are, are figuring out their own visual voice and they're using that as a framework so that what they post in social is all branded, it's all you know unified, and it all leads people to saying that's Target and reminds them of Target or whatever it might be. So this is the challenge that every company has. What is your visual voice going to be? Consumer-facing brands, I think it's a lot easier. For B2B brands, though, they need to be visual as well. Intel was all about, and, and I'm not sure if I brought them up in the book or not, but they're a great example of a B2B brand that was all about geeking out. So maybe their images were a lot of quote images. Did you know that, you know, mm-hmm. the... Do you know that when the first keyboard was was uh, created, you know, the at symbol was left off or whatever it might be, some geeky information or, you know, some so, some visual uh, plays on the eye that, that geeks might like, you know. So what it comes down to, Doug, what all of this comes down to, and it's so basic yet it's so hard for companies, is to understand your target audience. You know, who's using social, what channels are they using, why are they using it, what information are they looking for in it. And just doing everything you do to align yourself with your customer. Mm-hmm. And it's funny at the social tool summit. You know, we were talking about social selling, and and you know, the, definitely there was there. We talked about employee advocacy and content marketing and what have you. But at the end of the day, it's all about understanding your customer. Targeted ads in, in social. Well, the better you understand your customer, the better your you know, the better your click through rate is going to be. The cheaper it's going to be. The more effective it's going to be. And it's it's the same for the visuals, right? Why, why do they dig your company? Why do they dig your product? <laughs> you know, you there, know, there's one one of my favorite lines from the book was, "The more details you know about your target customers, the easier it will be for you to decide on the content and channel strategy for a social media program." Exactly. That's that's one sentence, and it's you know easy to say and easy to explain, but it's really a challenge for companies. And I was wondering, Neil, before you go off and do a, an engagement with a company, do you have them read this book beforehand or, 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 parts, <laughs> or parts of it? Hey, that's a great question. It's, <laughs> it's funny because Maximize Your Social to me is closing a chapter in my social media consulting life and opening a new chapter. And what I mean by that is when I talk with Wiley about publishing, I actually had ideas for three different books. One was a book that I had an offer on the table from a Japanese company. I was actually going to publish a book in Japanese that was going to introduce Japanese executives to the potential social media had for their company. Mm-hmm. And I literally, the day before the contract was signed, uh, the, the key person ended up moving to another department and I got lost in the shuffles. That book never made it to the market, but I had, you know, I, I had the book proposal on the table. Another book I had was a Twitter book. So I wrote my LinkedIn book. I never want to be thought of as a one-trick pony. I had a, a Twitter book that was two thirds done, and I'm soon. I'm really happy to, to announce, Doug, that I'm going to be releasing. I'm going to be updating it and releasing a good part of it as a free ebook, maximizing Twitter for business. Which, um, and I'm going to be talking about that at Social Media Marketing World for those of you going there next March in in San Diego, the Social Media Examiner event. But oh, um, the other well, it'll one, be, I have, it'll be released sometime just before March. Well, I'm hoping it'll be released before the end of the year. I recently, so what I'm doing now is Maximize Your Social was sort of my, my standard book, right? right? What I'm doing now is I have all this content and I really want to get it out there and want to help businesses and I want them to use my content as a reference. So I, I created a free book called Maximizing LinkedIn for Business, which I think I released about two months ago. And it's a pretty meaty free ebook, which really, the, the way I'm targeting these books, Doug, and I've sort of gotten off the subject here a little, but the way I'm targeting these books is that employee advocacy is a big thing. So you talked about how, you know, before not everybody was on the internet, everyone's on the internet, before not everyone had an email address, and now we all have email just before we didn't have a cell phone, now we have a cell phone. Well, everyone's becoming a social media user, and companies understand this, they want to tap into that. So I'm trying to create these 
these general guidebooks to how professionals and businesses should be utilizing these social networks so that when you know VPs of marketing want to train their employees on best practices in social on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Pinterest, Instagram, whatever it might be, that they'll have my guidebook as a, as a guide. Mm-hmm. And that's what I consider these free books to be. So I have the Maximizing Twitter for Business. But the third book I had was how to basically build your own social media strategy. So Wiley said, you know, that should become your platform book. That should become the book for which you're known for because everything you do springs off it. And they were correct. So literally, Maximize Your Social was written, a good portion of it came from actual social media strategies that I'd written for my clients because Mm -hmm. they were normally mini books. They were like 50 to 60 page PDFs in essence, the deliverable uh, at the end of the engagement. So now when companies contact me, I say, look, read Maximize Your Social. It has everything you need to understand how to build your own social media strategy. That's the first step. Hey, if you need more help after that, let me know because you inevitably will. But if you want to give it a, a try on yourself, that, you know, that's how you do it. But now when I have new companies reach out to me, that's exactly what I do. I say, hey, buy, you know, hey, you know, we want to know, we want to see past social media strategy documents you've created. We want to know your methodology. It's like, hey, it's all in the book, right? <laughs> it really read is. The, right. Read the, and so I was, to, I, I, my objective was really to be as open as possible because I thought that there was more strategic and more things I can do above and beyond that. And it's really paid off for me with, with, with that, with that thought process. So yeah. And it really is still the only book out there on, on how to create a social media strategy. So it really, I believe it should be a guidebook on, on every VP of marketing or CMO's bookshelf. And it's something they should come back to as a reference when they get lost, as they will. Now, I'd love to be able to uh, publish a revised version now that it's been two years, you know, uh, a little bit more on the visual networks, a little bit more on employee advocacy, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, that all have their own chapters, maybe even Snapchat would as well. I'm not sure right now, but, but yeah, but, but, but exactly. It, it, and that's how Maximize Your Social, to me, has served a very practical purpose. And, you know, the, and the more you share, whether it's your company blogging or yourself, the more you share of your IP, don't be afraid. Uh, there's more above and beyond that. When I left, Oh, yeah, that gets into the whole secret sauce discussion. <laughs> yeah, when I left my first company and uh, I was, you know, a, v, a, a director of China sales for the semiconductor company, I had like 15 employees. And some of the guys I hired in China were, were crying, Anil, don't leave us. And I'm like, I want you to... I want you to supersede what I did. I want you to pass every record that I broke in sales. I want you to pass it because I'm moving on to greener pastures as well. I'm moving on to a higher level and I'm going to be waiting for you there, right? And that's really the way to think about it. Yeah. And as my dad likes to say, nothing lasts forever. So that IP that you think is so precious now, it becomes a commodity over time as others become the first to blow. So so that's the conversation I had with Wiley. And, and, you know, Wiley said, do you want to be the first to write about it? Or do you want to follow in someone's footsteps and then be thought of as a copycat? <laughs> so yeah. Well, I decided to be the first. I, I'm not an author and I'm not a publisher, you know, but I've watched movies about authors and publishers. So that makes me an expert. And the thing that comes to mind is, could this book be just updated like a, a new, a second edition. Like David Merriman Scott has this franchise. He's written yeah. 10 books, but he's got the new rules of marketing and PR, which I think the first one came out in 2007. The fifth edition just came out in fall of 2015. And I would think that this is something that I would think people would like a lot. And if you could, if you could, you know, keep updating it, that would, that would be great. There's, there's, two or three pages here of real specific things I wanted to get into, but we don't really have time. I mean, you even get into Edwards Deming and yeah. you know, all that, of that and, and, and all the comment. I wanted to comment on that revision. So 
So here's a story for you. Uh, you know, the, the publishing industry now is very different than it, it was a decade ago. It has been transformed. So the way that publishers look at books is it's an investment that they make in their infrastructure, and they want you to promote, 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 promote until you get to a certain level. If you get to the level, then I think they talk to you about revising. If you don't get to the level, they don't even want you to think about revising. They want you to keep promoting it. And that's pretty much... That that's pretty much sort of the state. So I'm ready to I'm ready to revise it uh, whenever I get the go ahead from the publisher. But when you work with a big publisher, that's sort of the way it works. So, oh, okay, okay. Right. So we'll see. I literally I published this book in September 2013, and three months later, I said, "Hey, I have I have proposals for three more books. Let's get going." And they said, <laughs> "Wait a minute, you just that's not the way it works." So oh. I'm I'm all about you know publishing new co- and that's why. I decided, you know what, I'll just do my own ebooks and I'll put them up on Kindle so if people search me on Amazon, they find newer content of mine. And, you know, we'll see when, when the time comes when I, can, uh, when I can work on a revision. You know, one other thing that makes you similar to the other Schaefer, he's the only other author I've had on here where he got into a, quite a discussion about publishing. Yeah. And self-publishing and all that type of thing, and it was, and I've I've recently found out that quite a, a number of authors are listening to this show, so I hope they find that of interest. But I uh, need to apologize for the commuter that has had to take this interview into their office since they've probably already arrived by now. Let me wrap up and ask you uh, if readers took only one thing away from your book, what would you hope it would be? You know, think of social media like any other part of your business. Right. So think strategically, think about how your business can benefit from it. And I think everything else will follow. I, I just think that companies don't treat social media as strategically as they should. They also sort of treat it as, well, we'll just have a 20 something intern do it. Oh, it, and you it, talk about that in the book too, about what a mistake that is. Yeah, it really oh. is a major communications channel, but it should be thought of like anything else in your business. Right. So I, I take a very practical, rational approach to it. And I think you know, company should as well. Yeah. Are there any recent marketing books that you've seen or read that you recommend? Well, I'm a big fan of Joe Polizzi. Mm-hmm. So Epic Content Marketing is, is an epic book. And it really, um, you know, content becomes such an important part of social media marketing. So I think a combination of Joe Polizzi's Epic Content Marketing with Jay Bear's Utility which talks about that resourcefulness mm. of the content you provide. I mean, it goes a little bit above and beyond that by talking about, you know, resourcefulness doesn't have to be content for a blog. It could be an app, right? It could be a community. So it talks about a lot in a, in a broader way, but I think those are, you know, those are two books that really everyone dabbling in social should, should be reading and should be taking to heart. Yeah, I can't agree with you anymore because they, we've had both of them on the show about those books and Epic Content Marketing is or uh, content, excuse me, is much more recent. Uh, well, yeah. And if you were going to ask me a book that I'm looking forward to reading, yeah. What's what, um, what what's uh, what's on the nightstand? It's it content Inc. right is right here, and uh, I I should have already read it a few weeks ago for various reasons. It's been delayed, but um, I'm really excited about that. I'm also excited that Brian Clark uh, wrote the foreword. Yes. I, I'm actually, you know, the, the, the business reason as to why I'm creating these ebooks is I'm starting a new community. So social media is always changing. Who do you ask when you have a social media question? Small businesses can't afford me as a consultant. So I want to provide 
a community and a resource and provide the content that I provide corporations. Wow, I said provide a lot of times there. Uh, I want to open it up to a larger audience. So I'm using the Rainmaker platform to build that community. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, it's called Social Media Center of Excellence or the Social Media Center of Excellence that your company can't afford. So socialmediacoe.com. And, and it, you know, using Rainmaker, I'm a big fan of Brian Clark, what he's done. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, how entrepreneurs use content to build massive audiences and create radically successful businesses. I think that myself, I'm an example of that type of entrepreneur, and I think that those businesses that have been really successful in social, the small businesses success, uh, uh, especially, have really taken that, that content-centric approach. So Yeah, um, building yeah, the yeah. audience before you, yes. you know, build the product. Uh, build a product and uh, start offering it. Yeah, I started blogging in 2008, my first book, 2009. I didn't have any business objectives. I was doing it as a networking vehicle to share the information. And through that, it would help me promote my personal brand. It helped me connect with more people. I had no idea what I was doing, in all honesty. And even, you know, it took me until 2015 to create the Social Tools Summit, to create the Social Media Center of Excellence. So everything is changing. Everything is evolving, especially in the social space. But I will say, Joe Polizzi has some big balls to write a book and call it epic content marketing. But if there's one guy that delivers, it's Joe <laughs> That's true. And it, it that's a fantastic content marketing book. And Content Inc. is very different. You know, initially I thought, oh, it's another book from Joe. I read it completely different. And it was very exciting. And it has been talked a lot about on this podcast and not just by Joe Polizzi. So it's yep, it's fantastic. Yep. And you know, Brian Solis, who I consider one of the thought leaders in social business. Yeah, he's going to be on the show real soon. And he has a new book coming out as well that I'm waiting to get a review copy of. So that's the other book that I'm really looking forward to because I've, I've been a huge fan of him ever since way back when. And yeah, he always has great insight. Oh, yeah. And I just got a copy of it and it's it's a different shape. It's like a it's almost like a coffee table book. I mean, it's a little smaller, but it's... His last book was like that too. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to have him on uh, pretty soon here. I'm going to have you know, it read I get beforehand. It. When you're Brian Solis, like... You know, the things that people are talking about today, you were talking about a few years ago. And even now, this conversation we're having now, it could have been two years ago for me. So I'm always thinking of how do I create new discourses? How do I create new angles, new insights, new ways of understanding what everybody is starting to understand? So I, I totally get the direction that Brian goes. And, you know, how do you deliver new insights when you're a thought leader? You, you got to do things different. And I guess Joe Polizzi's, you know, the same thing. You yeah. got to do something different. You can't just use the same template. People have moved on, and people are getting better and better, and, and the industry is maturing. So you got to keep, you know, got to be the top of your game. Yeah. So I, w- I wanted to mention one thing in the show notes. We're going to include links to those other. I guess they're on landing pages for the LinkedIn book. But when you do the Twitter one, whenever that comes out, we're going to put that in the show notes as well. I appreciate that. This is going to be a very rich show note. Lots, lots of great links, and we've talked about a few other things. But how can listeners best find out? more about you and your book and what would be the best ways that you'd like them to to uh, connect with you? Yeah, so I, I have you know four different business units, four different entities, but really my personal brand site where it talks about my consulting, my speaking, it's where I house my own podcast. It's also the name of my book, Maximize Your Social. So MaximizeYourSocial.com is the best website. We can get them started there. Yeah, in social media, I'm Neil Schaefer wherever you go. So that, that's easy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but MaximizeYourSocial.com is, is, is the first place. If you want to get more great, you know, updated content on social media for business, the next thing is to go to MaximizeSocialBusiness.com, which is where I primarily blog. 
and I also have 20 other bloggers that are contributing, you know, unique content on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And then the Social Tool Summit, which really is is the first social media industry conference that brings together, you know, tools vendors with corporate practitioners with social media experts. So And you're going to do it again next year? Yeah, you know, we did it in Boston in May, San Francisco in October. We're actually looking at doing it three times next year. We're looking at San Francisco and Boston in addition to potentially doing it in Germany or, well, I'll say Hanover, Germany, Amsterdam, Netherlands. So we'll see how that plays out. But I'm really excited about Europe. We have a lot of European people that have come to these. And the other one is the Social Media Center of Excellence. So this is this new community. That's where all of these free eBooks will be hosted. I also do a lot of free webinars. I've been doing them like on a weekly basis recently to promote the Social Tools Summit on on influencer marketing, content marketing. I'm doing with with Curata next week. So socialmediacoe.com, when it launches, that'll be where all that is. And you can sign up to the mailing list now if you go to socialmediacoe.com and get updated on all the great free stuff we're doing. Ah, oh, super. The name of the book is Maximize Your Social, A One-Stop Guide to Building a Social Media Strategy for Marketing and Business Success. The author is Neil Schaefer. Neil, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Doug, it was my pleasure. I think we went a little bit over, but as you can see, I'm pretty passionate about the subject. I have a lot to say, so I hope those of you listening found it of value. And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. If you are one of the hundreds of listeners who have left an iTunes review, please let me return your kind favor by mailing you some Marketing Book Podcast bookmarks and laptop stickers. Just send me your mailing address anywhere in the world and I'll drop it in the mail. And remember the words of the entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker Jim Rohn who said, formal education will make you a living self-education will make you a fortune. Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.